Welcome to the Ultimate Dentist Podcast. Join us to hear success stories of various individuals and learn clinical and life hacks to help you become the ultimate dentist. Hi everyone, I hope you all are doing great. In today's episode, we are going to discuss about dental photography. And the reason I've decided to record this episode is because I am astonished as to how many dentists are still not using digital SLR camera. If you have loops and if you're not using camera, then you made a wrong decision. You need to make the you need to make your camera as your priority equipment to buy first thing you out of the graduation. So make sure you invest on your camera first before you invest on anything else in dentistry. No equipments, nothing. Camera comes first because dental photography will take your skills, take your income, take your job satisfaction from one level to completely another level. And I hope by end of today's episode, um, I'll give you a knowledge as to how to start uh, using dental photography. And it's a very basic but uh, important topic. And if I ask you for those um, who feel that the earth is flat, and if you want to explain it to them, how earth is not flat and it's round, the best thing you can do is you can take a video or a photo from the, from the universe, from the outside the earth and show it to the person that, look, the earth is rotating, it's, it's not flat. And, and this is it with regards to photography, it's a must when you come communicate with patient. For me, without photographs, I don't discuss anything with patient. I must take a photo of that tooth or their mouth, smile, everything before I have a chat with patient. Because it's patient focus and it, it makes patient happy that you are taking an extra effort. It reduces complaint because if you tell patient that there is a crack, but if you show it to them that there is a crack, it's a completely different uh, thing. You know, they don't have to trust you. They can see that there is a crack. Obviously, the, the better your communication, the more your earning will be. You'll be able to do more high quality dentistry and be able to apply what you learn during the other courses. Because until unless you communicate with patient and patient says yes to the treatment, you cannot really implement that treatment. You'll get more job satisfaction. And above all, it's fun to look at your photos you've taken probably 10 years ago and, you know, see how far you've come. Especially me. I mean, when I take my see my photos, what I've taken 10 years ago, I think, like, what was I thinking doing that treatment? But at the time, I was really proud of it. And that shows that I have grown. And I hope in next 10 years, I will feel the same. But it's a really good tool for communication. But not only that, uh, photography is an important medical legal re record keeping tool. You know, if you again, if you haven't taken photographs of the teeth of your treatment before and after, and if patient comes and says, oh, this restoration was uh, fine before you treated it. Now it's painful. Um, what you've done to my tooth, I never had a problem before. You can then to medical legally show the photo and say, look, there was a caries. I've removed it. I've removed the amalgam. Look at how deep it was. I warned you. And and it, it becomes part of your evidence. It's also helping educating patient of current situation to record dynamic movements. Um, I usually 
take video if I need to record dynamic movements, but you can still take photographs in multiple shots. You can take photographs to monitor some situations. Obviously, you, you, you must take photographs if you're going to do comprehensive treatment planning. It helps you keeping patient informed about mid-treatment progression, which means, let's say you remove that amalgam out, you take a new photographs after you remove the amalgam, and then once you finish the restoration, you sit down with patient and show them before, mid, and after photographs and educate them what happened, what you've done to, to their teeth and how, why you had to take that step and now how good their tooth looks and how secure it is. And even then, if tooth becomes pulpetic, patient knows, patient's seen it, so they don't really question. It helps you in evaluating of treatment for self-improvement, which means that if you have taken photos of your work, as I say, 10 years before, and then you look at it back again, and you may have gained different insight, and now you're looking at things differently. It is very important communication tool with your laboratory. Every time I take any crowns, I send anything, even dentures, um, I would take photographs of my bite registration, my drawings, and send it to my laboratory technician because then they can see how it relates to in patient's mouth. Now, uh, increasingly, you know, associates or um, younger dentists are becoming really good at doing cosmetic dentistry. And if you don't, if you're not taking photographs, then you are missing out in building your portfolio for future you know, jobs or future uh, endeavors, or if you're applying for awards or something, it would be nice to have that portfolio build up. And of course, it helps you with marketing um, aspects as well. So why many dentists do not take photographs? Many times they feel that it's too daunting. They, it's too time consuming. And one of the tips I have for that is make sure that in the morning, keep everything ready. Keep your retractors out, keep the camera ready, uh, everything attached, mic macro lens flash, everything's there, ready to go. So as soon as patient comes in, you can take the photographs. It does not take more than three minutes to take full set of photographs. Now I'm talking about full extra roll and intra roll, complete set. Now, how many times I do that? Not that often. I would uh, many times in just for my consultation, I would just do six or seven key photographs. So I would take a smile photo. I would uh, then take a retracted open mouth photo. Then I would take retracted close. I would take um, side photos, uh, retracted and then upper and lower occlusal. And that's more than enough for you to educate patient and discuss treatment planning. Once patient agreed to the treatment plan, then you can think about taking more comprehensive photographs. But you already taken most of it already then by then. So it doesn't take that long to take photographs. If you if I'm talking about these seven photos, then it will probably take me a minute, maximum minute and a half. Now if you think that you don't have minute and a half sp to spare um, in your dental checkup, then your 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 dental checkup is like too, too short. doesn't matter whether you're an NHS or private, because even if you are a national health dentist, and if you are obviously in a mixed practice, 
And if you want to communicate difference between private and private and NHS treatment, you need to take photographs. Um, even if you're giving patient NHS treatment, you should take photographs and explain it to them why you're doing the treatment as per not to doing anything. So um, I don't think there is any justification of not taking photographs. So let's talk about dental equipment. So, so what type of things you need for photography? So you need th three main things. You need a camera body, you need a lens, and you need a flash. Now there are different, there are two main brands of camera people like, either Nikon or Canon. Um, I am personally a Canon fan, so I use Canon, but there are people who use Nikon and they would say, you know, Nikon is the best and this is rivalry going on. But, you know, I, I see that both camera take really good photos. Canon is a bit more um, simpler or easier to use. Nikon is more professional level. So uh, you can decide whichever camera you want to use. Many times um, dentists would ask me, oh, how many, how many, um, what, what kind of camera, like how much money should I spend in um, buying a camera? And I would usually tell them that, you know, if you can buy, get the best camera you can. However, if you think that money is an issue and you, you, you cannot get the best camera possible, then get the camera which you can afford. And there are good sites. Um, there is a site called a site uh, is um, MPB M for Mother P for Peter B for Bravo. dot com, and they have some good, um, you know, um, used camera which you can use, which you can buy at very cheaper price. And some of my colleague has bought it and with a good experience. I personally have bought a brand new because. If you take care of them, they last well. My last camera flash unit lasted for 15 years. Um, and at the end, um, I just gave it away to one of my friends um, because I purchased a new one, which is now I use Canon 90D with a macro lens and a, and a ring uh, and a, a twin flash. But so, so body is really depending on you, whichever you want to choose. Um, I would say go with a little bit higher spec if you can, but if you can't, any SLR camera will be good. Now coming to a lens, Canon, um, I would recommend 100 millimeter um, uh, EF 100mm f4 slash 2.8 macro lens, UCM, which is uh, with the stabilizer. Um, if you are buying it, buy with a stabilizer, but if you're not buying with stabilizer and if your camera has an image stabilizer, then you don't need to spend a lot of money to buy one with a stabilizer. Or you can buy a Sigma macro lens, which is 105 millimeter, which with the Canon fit. So Sigma is a brand which makes the macro lenses for different cameras because they are cheaper and um, they can get one with a Canon fit. So um, you can get that um, Sigma lens, macro lens with the Canon fit. And once you have um, got the macro lens sorted, then you need to get ring flash. 
or twin flash i personally um, if you are starting i would recommend start with the ring flash it's much easier to use that's what i used for nearly 15 years and most of the photos you see are still you used using ring flash but um, if you really fancy and if you want to use photography as a passion then twin flash will give you much more much more uh, variation in contrast so um, it depends on whatever you like but you can either use a macro ring uh, ring light from canon or speed light flash or sigma ring flash with with a canon fit or canon twin flash but um, they both are good twin flash is a little bit trickier to use than a ring flash ring flash is very easy to use just plug and play kind of thing so this is the only three things you need to get it started uh, you need a camera body uh, you need a just make sure if you have a camera body and if you're using uh, older version then it is ideal if you get the version with the uh, with the stabilizer in it which reduces the vibration uh, of your hands um, otherwise you'll have to buy a macro lens with the stabilizer in it uh, which is a bit more expensive um, so then you need a camera body macro lens and fresh flash and if you are beginner then ring flash is better than twin flash in my opinion once you have that then you need some accessories um, the main thing you need is dental photography mirrors and you need dental photography retractors and there are different type of retractors and mirrors what i will do is i will because you can't see them i will uh, post some of the links um, just to show you it doesn't mean that you go there and purchase it but just to give you an idea as to how they look like um, so that you get an idea what to buy but i tend to have a two different sets of retractors i don't use retractors which are connected so it's it's usually separate retractors and i ask patient to hold the retractors and then i take photos so patient holds the retractors and nurse holds the mirror and three in one tip to defog the mirror or she warms the mirror up one or the other and then i would take the photo the other accessory you may want to use is contrasters uh, those black things which you put it on incisal edges to just to pop out those uh, upper incisors or lower incisors again they are optionals retractors are really really uh, important though so mirrors and retractors are must uh, contraster are really up to you whether you want to invest in them or not so um what settings people say um i should use now you should use now there are three different things you have aperture shutter speed and iso now with regards to the shutter speed you want to keep the such shutter speed to depending on the camera um, i keep my shutter speed to around 250 225 so one or the other two depending on the lightning uh, light i have in the in the in the practice ico i usually i iso i usually keep it to 100 <clears throat> iso and f-stop 
is generally around 22. F-stop is really aperture size. So the higher the F-stop, the smaller the aperture size, which means the less light can go through. So if you keep the f-stop, let's say one, that means it's a really big um, size. That means a lot of light goes through. That means there could be a lot of distortion. So you don't want uh, f-stop to be too large. However, if you're taking extra overall photos, then you need to go down to the f-stop um, around maybe 11 or 12. With regards to with regards to file formatting, you can select raw plus um, JPEG files because then to legally raw files apparently um, is better um, however you know sharing with social media colleagues and everything else um, raw files are very difficult to share because they are huge files and that's why you can have a JPEG to share but raw files as a record keeping so so my <clears throat> my extra oral um, setting for camera body will be uh, f8 f12 so remember lower the f-stop more brighter the photos will be but lower the resolution i keep the shutter speed around 121 by 125 to 1 by 120 uh, 250 iso is 100 and magnification is usually infinite intraoral for intraoral photos I keep the f-stop to uh, f22 shutter speed again same 1 by 125 to 1 by 250 ISO is 100 and magnification I keep 1 is to 1 for anterior single crown 1 is to 1.5 for anterior quadrant or 1 is to 3 for occlusal now I perfectly beyond I don't really stick to this all the time because sometimes it depends on the occlusal you know how many teeth are there and everything else and because of that um, I would adjust the magnification accordingly um, but if you want to go back you can click on the photo and properties and you can tell what kind of magnification you used with regards to one of the tip with the photography is it would be good to have a small stool um, to stand on um, because you sometimes I feel that when you're taking a closer photo and you want to be further far enough um, you're not you're not um, you're not tall enough I'm not tall enough sometimes to to reach um, to get to that level that I can get the whole arch um, and if, if I have a stool then um, that helps um, that certainly helps my nurse when I'm she's taking my surgical photos <clears throat> so having a small stool that helps you in, in just getting up on there and then taking photos um, uh, for for the full arch uh, if you want to take sort of lower mandibular or upper occlusal photos that that usually helps with regards to camera flash you want ettl setting um, uh, on the on the flash i keep the camera lens to manual and um, set the magnification as required now this is very basic understanding on what kind of settings i need um, if you have uh, any questions about settings then i have a worksheet 
uh, available again um, reach out to me on full marks reconstruction for gdp group and i'm more than happy to share the share the my camera settings with you if you want um, just a set of photographs then british uh, association of cosmetic dentistry bacd website um, has some some standard photographs which um, are recommended um, and it's a good start they're not comprehensive but it's a good start for you to start so have a look at them and um, now with regards to dental photography there are some um, question I get asked one of the question I get asked is my photos are too dark if your photos are coming out too dark then check if the flash is working and set to 1 is to 1 ETTL and connect it to the camera sometimes flashes are not connected to camera and not working uh, make sure your f-stop is not too high because if it's too high and the outside light is not enough then your photos will be darker check your shutter speed make sure if you're high if you have a high shutter speed then it will means that uh, darker image and higher ISO, ICO, ISO can cause grainy photo. So make sure that your ISO is around 100. If your photos are too light, then it could be anything opposite to what we discussed before. One thing I see a lot is people send me photographs and photos are really, really blurry. Now, if your photos are really blurry, that means A, you haven't checked from your viewfinder properly and you haven't set up the correct properly um, the magnification and you haven't made you haven't made sure that it, it's really sharp looking when you look it through the viewfinder. And that's really important. So you need to make sure or you shake a lot and you know it just came out blurry. So you need to retake. So every time you take a photo check and if you don't like it delete it don't keep it delete it and then retake a new photo one of the very frequent issues we get is foggy mirrors especially winters like this um, so to avoid foggy mirrors there are three tips one tip is you ask patient not to breathe um, so ask patient to take a deep breath put the mirror in take the photo it takes two seconds and it's done but obviously it's quite complicated for patient or warm the mirror so put the mirror in warm water and um, then take it out wipe it uh, and then um, take a photo with that that will last you for a, for a single arch and put it back in again or um, as I said before have your nurse hold three in one tip and a mirror and blow air on the mirror and then that that will solve the foggy, fogging issue as well <clears throat> make sure your nurse takes extra care while sterilizing uh, and cleaning the mirror to avoid scratching make sure mirror does not go with the, the other instruments otherwise the other instruments the metal probes and tweezers and stuff will scratch the mirrors plus don't put mirror in ultrasonic sonic so just clean it hand clean and then and then um, put it in autoclave you can get special stents what i tend to do is i tend to buy cheap mirrors and just throw them away frequently because even if you get really expensive mirrors they will get scratched the 
Other issue people get patient is not smiling. This is something I get a lot because I mentor for full matric construction and, you know, dentists are um, sending me photos for mentoring. And um, I said, well, where's the smile photo? It's like patient wasn't smiling enough. Now, yes, it's our job to make patients smile. Always add few, have few jokes handy. Um, and, you know, dad jokes allowed <laughs> because the worse the jokes, patient will laugh more. Um, if it doesn't work, then ask patient to say E loudly. So if patient says E loudly, then they, they can't help but not uh, have that at least a fake smile. Um, so so that's a that's a that's a small uh, tip. So. Make sure you, when you're taking photographs, you are aligning yourself with uh, 90 degree to the plane you want to take photographs. So make sure you are always in 90 degree angle with patient's mouth. Otherwise, if, you are, if your angle is or up and down, then the photos won't come right. It will, it will be at a wrong angle. So make sure that this is this is um, you you keep that in mind. So there are some of the practical tips before um, I leave you to it. Uh, one of them is be prepared. Make sure you have everything ready and set up at the start of the day. That's the that's how you're gonna get start taking photographs. Because again, there are so many dentists who are who like to take in use intraoral photographs first of all because they are easy convenient but you cannot match the quality of digital SLR camera with any intraoral cameras um, you can't take broad photos you can't take full large photos with intraoral camera so make sure that you, you use that digital SLR camera if you don't have it as I said buy one Take photo for every single patient. You don't have to take all every photos. Even if you're taking one photo, which is an important photo for you to explain it to patient, just take one photo. Start with taking one or two photos. Don't attempt to do everything at once. And 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 they don't need to be perfect to start with. But then ask someone to analyze it, or you sit down and analyze. there are so many times I see dentists taking occlusal shots without retractors in it. Just stick a mirror in. It's not nice. You need to make sure you retract that lip in order to put the mirror in and get the full arch photographs done properly. Make sure you have taken signed consent for every single appointment, for every scenario such as record keeping, marketing online, printing, education, textbook, etc. So you need to make sure that you have taken consent when you're taking photos. Um, so, um, keep that part as a part of your consent process. So I hope this short, uh, podcast on photography was useful. I will be running on my, uh, full mouth reconstruction for GDP group, um, a photography week where I'll be educating more because podcast is limited as to how much I can teach about photography because you can't see. Um, so I will be running some uh, uh, an uh, event uh, which will be completely free for the members. If you're interested, then join the group and I will looking forward to helping you more 
in the group about dental photography. 